All right, so we're gonna start with something really simple. So I'm gonna have you stand up. I know, I hear the, I hear the groans and the moans because it's post-lunch and everybody wants to just take a nap. So um, I want you to envision what will your, if you were gonna put on learner clothes right now, whatever learner clothes you need to put on, um, you, can, you can figure that out for yourself. But, uh, but whatever learner clothes you need to put on, why don't you just go ahead and put them on. And I want you to like, actually get dressed, act like you're putting your clothes on. Go ahead, go ahead, I know, it's goofy. Just put your clothes on, put your learner clothes on. Some of you who are not somatically oriented are thinking, what in the world are we doing? <laughs> thinking caps, yeah, I saw that. What'd you put on over here? I saw this like superpower come on you. It was your cloak, your cloak of superpower, okay. Who else, what, what'd you put on? A sweatshirt, because you're cold or comfy? Okay, don't get too comfy, okay. Our teachers just walked in the room, so you're welcome. Well, no, go ahead, come on in. <laughs> awesome. Um, anyone else? What'd you just put on? A hat. What kind of hat was it? Just a thinking cap, learning hat. Awesome. All right, you can be seated. Those of you that are just coming in the room, you say, "What was the point of that?" We were just engaging your brain and your body at the same time. It was good. You tell people to lift their hands in church. I tell people to put on their thinking caps. It's good. <laughs> Anybody else need this? Okay. Okay. And then I need a handy-dandy volunteer at the door. If you can make sure any newcomers get those, that'd be wonderful. Throw that on there. All right. Coaching your staff. Y'all ready for this? Maybe this looks like your team. Okay, the presentation's tomorrow. Maybe not. <laughs> Go back. Ever feel that way? <laughs> yeah. So we're going to take a look today at coaching. How many of you have heard about coaching before? Okay, probably most of you. So there's a big misconception about what coaching is. Hopefully I can help clear that up. Um, talk a little bit about what's the difference between coaching, mentoring, discipleship, and how do you do this thing called coaching, and how do you do it with your, your staff, your team, maybe people in your church? What, how do you get started? Um, so a little bit about myself. Uh, some of you I've already seen today and met you, and others I know from past relationships, so good to see you. Uh, those of you that are new, uh, my name is Zach. I'm the director of coaching at Emerge in Akron, probably familiar with Emerge. We do a lot more than just mental health, and we're not just the crisis place that you send pastors when they have moral failures. We do a lot. Um, 
And one of the things that we do is coaching. So we offer coach training, um, coaching services. We have a staff of coaches that provide coaching. And if you're a credential holder with uh, OMN, we also provide free coaching for you. So you've got a coaching care partnership flyer that was just given out. So you can take advantage of that. Uh, if you have any questions, you can reach out to me, but we'd love to get you connected with a coach free of charge for you. And if you have any questions on that, like I said, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'll give you my contact information at the end. I also have business cards if you want them. Um, three kids. I have an eight-year-old, a five-year-old, yeah, five-year-old, and a two-year-old. Um, they are busy at home. And anybody have kids, grandkids, you know what life is like? Yeah, eight, you're a five, yeah. So that's our life. I also pastor in Akron at Celebration Church, so life is pretty busy, but it's a good season, a lot of, a lot of fun things going on. So coaching, let's take a look at what coaching is. And we'll start um, maybe differentiating what's coaching and how is it different from other things. So um, when I say coaching, what do you think of? Football, sports, uh-huh, yeah, I hear that all the time. Teaching, mm-hmm. encouragement, okay. Partnership. Sorry, what'd you say? Partnership. Partnership, thank you. Good word. What else? Somebody's been there. Somebody that's been there, okay. What else? Somebody to push you beyond what you would be willing to do yourself. Push you beyond. Question asker. Question asker. Get that one a lot, too. Well, let me, let me help you a little bit with coaching, what it is, maybe what it's not. So coaching is a creative process that occurs between a coach and a coachee, um, and that could, it's a partnership, right? It goes back to that word partnership. So I'm a thinking partner. As a coach, I say that I show up as a thinking partner. Coaching is a learning technology. If I, if I was going to summarize what it is, it's a learning technology. So the difference between coaching and counseling is they're, they're, they're step-siblings, really. I mean, they're, they're very closely related. Um, and, and dive into a lot of the similar, similarities, but the difference between coaching and counseling is this. It's the relationship. A counselor shows up with a clinician, clinical, uh, doctor-diagnosing, treating-type um, relationship where the coach is showing up as a co-equal. We're partners. So as a coach, I'm showing up as a partner. I'm not diagnosing or treating anything. And I'm really there to be a, a thinking partner. As a coach, I live in the not known. So if you're coaching, you have to be comfortable with not knowing the answers to the questions you're asking. The, the better, what makes the better coaches are coaches that are okay just asking questions in the moment, present with their client, present with the coachee, uh, church member, whoever it is, staff member, and just being okay with the unknown and walking with that. And really, you're just a sounding board. If, if I'm doing my job right as a coach, I kind of disappear. I'm there. I bring my expertise and, and my skill. But it's not about me. It's about the other person. And they're kind of seeing themselves in a way that they hadn't seen before. The interesting thing about coaching is everybody inside their brains right now has this story we're telling. Right now, there's a story in your brain that you're telling, and you develop behaviors and emotions and all these things around that story. The problem is, is you don't know what the story is. But you're telling the story. But when you sit in front of a coach, the story begins to come out in front of you. And so you can change the story when you see the story. 
But you can't change the story until you know the story that you're telling. So a coach's job is really to pull the story out of that emotional brain, the limbic system of your, of your brain, and begin to pull out that story so you can see it. You can see the perspectives and see what's in there. And then you can begin to change the story. So when people say, well, I just coach myself, wrong, you can't. It's physiologically impossible to coach yourself. Now, you can have a coach that's, you can step into coaching real easy, and you can, you can step in with a partner that's someone who's rightly partnering with you, and you can begin to walk yourself through the process. But the reason they're called blind spots is because you can't see them. Right? So we all have blind spots. There's areas in our life that we can't see until we have a coach draw those out. And as a counselor, a counselor is going to be telling you more about what those blind spots are, how, where they came from, uh, diagnosing maybe some of the issues that have come up in life, um, and walking through that, where a counselor is going to be more, or a coach is going to be more future focused. So, coach, actually, let me start with mentor. Somebody mentioned mentoring or consulting. Uh, tell me how you've done it. So that's the mentor. What have you done? How have you done it? What's worked for you? Right, that's mentoring. Consultant. This is where the pastors come in. By the way, every pastor that has ever gone through my coach training always tells me, this is so relieving. I don't have to be responsible for people's problems anymore. So if you haven't gone through coach certification, I highly recommend it. Uh, just for that reason alone, you learn that it's not your monkey. Give them back their circus. You don't have to own the monkey. So <laughs> consultants, they teach you how to do something. Pastors, that's kind of what we do in pastoring. We're telling people how to do something, telling them what the Bible says, telling them how they ought to live their life, telling, telling, telling. That's not coaching. That's telling. There's a lot a lot of church consultants that are not coaches. I want to emphasize that because I deal with this all the time. It makes me mad. No, it does actually sometimes. Where people will say, well, I've got so-and-so and they're coaching me. Really, what are they doing? Well, they're telling me how I need to build my church and, you know, in, in a year and all the systems and all this and that. That's consulting. That's not coaching. Now, there could be integrated coaching as a part of that program, but that's consulting. There's a difference. And I'm going to demonstrate coaching here in a minute. So, so somebody be thinking about that because I'm going to pick on somebody and do a coaching session. So there's mentoring. There's consulting. Um, and then there's the therapy or counseling. So why did I get here? Right? What got me to the place that I'm at today? And what's keeping me from where I want to be? So this is more diagnosing, treating, billing, insurance, Right now, you can't bill insurance for coaching. There's maybe some changes coming in that. Who knows? Um, we'll see. I kind of like not, being, not having the ability to bill therapy because the government kind of stays out of it, which is kind of nice. Um, other countries have to deal with government influence with coaching, and it just, it's cleaner without it, most things. But anyway, we won't go there. That's another workshop. <laughs> So any questions so far on the differences between coaching? That's very high level. I want to jump in. The best way to learn coaching is just to see it. All right. Anyone want to be coached? That was quick. Come on up. What's your name? Israel. Israel? Thanks for volunteering. 
You can sit wherever you're comfortable. I'll be with you in just a second because I want to make sure everyone understands a couple of ground rules. Number one is confidentiality. So everybody raise your right hand and swear to confidentiality. Okay, thank you. So uh, I am actually going to take the I'm going to take the microphone off for coaching because I don't want this being picked up and being broadcast into wherever. Um, so confidentiality number one, you can share your learnings, not his story. And then two, this is a safe space. There's no judgment. Um, you can and I'll reiterate this to you, uh, Israel, in just a moment. There's but as a group, can we commit to safe space and no judgment? Okay, great. Thank you. I'm going to take this off for whoever's listening and come back to you later. All right. So, Israel, thanks for volunteering. Appreciate it. All right. Have you ever been coached? Have you ever had coaching before? No, I, not a GPA for definition. I've never been consulted. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So, uh, just want to re emphasize everything you just heard that this is confidential. Um, whatever you say stays. It's okay that it's okay. 
So I had to keep telling myself it's okay. It's okay. In the conversation I was having with somebody, it's okay. It's, it doesn't, you know, you don't have to be, per- I didn't have to be perfect. I don't have to, I don't feel like I have to carry that anymore. Mm-hmm. So, so who, who are you being? Um, I feel like I'm, I'm being more me. Okay. I'm being me. So what I've actually been for a very long time was just been kind of lost that for a while. So today, what I'm hearing is we're going to have a plan to go forward so you can stop diggitizing your TV and putting it on YouTube. Yeah. So if you were free to be your new what is
and, and I'm okay with that. I'm learning to be okay with that. So when we started, you said you wanted to be okay. And now you want to say you're okay. So what is it that you're okay with? Not in control. Not in control. And not having to be all wise. It feels uh, a weight coming off. It feels like I can actually live. Put these, put these. 
these um, expectations that I've been putting myself like, that I had to meet those, when all, uh, really all along, it was just like, wait, I didn't have to do that. I think I spent so much time doing that. So what I've just heard is that dealing with the anxiety, living free, is about you fulfilling your purpose. Yeah. So what's next? Um, to, I guess what I'm currently doing now is, um, uh, you know, as, as it can certainly my purpose in ministry and what God has called me to do is to really just be, just be led, just walk in faith, be led by faith, let God lead me in faith, and step out of faith, and it, I don't, I, I don't have to know everything, I don't have to understand everything, but and look, look, look back and say, well, look how far He's brought me, and He's never failed me. Yeah, I question probably every single moment, but here I am. Sure. I don't know if I. I mean, I, I coming here. I know was one thing I really wanted to do. So I didn't know. I didn't know if this coaching session would be like this. <laughs> Understand. Okay. Just understanding. Okay. Understanding and patience. Okay. Is there anyone around you that can support you? Oh yeah. I got I have my beautiful wife and children. My wife is really a huge support in that area for me. What was the accountability to this plan of gaining understanding and next step direction for the Lord? What what accountability did you need to have? Um, well, currently, like, what I'm doing now is coming under leadership, uh, where I'm at right now is coming under leadership that I kind of see that happening, you know, so it's that coming under leadership. So would that be communicating with them, maybe if I was to take a loose this week? Yeah. Ha, 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 ha.
So, love to hear, um, while he gathers himself and I'll ask, I'll, I'll ask Israel too, but I'd love to hear from, wow. <laughs> So I'd love to hear from you uh, what your takeaways were from that experience uh, with Israel. And Israel, whenever you're ready, I'd love to hear your takeaways as well. Um, so yeah, who wants to go first? Yeah, that's a great question. So how do you stay in that hat? How do you stay in that flow? Right. Stay out of the pastor telling them exactly. Yeah, so the the first thing, the first belief that I have about anyone sitting in front of me as a coaching client is they're capable, they're healthy-ish, whole, and I also believe that God's already at work. So I come in, and he verified that. Because he said, I've already been hearing, you know, these things, and I'm, I'm bringing that into this. Um, and so I cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Um, I don't have to tell him. He knows it. So I need to draw it out. Um, and the power of inquiry, observations, all of that will, will come out. Um, yeah, so one of the, the fundamentals in coaching is that it's asking primarily, not telling that you... If you're hearing something like that, there's place for that to make that observation. You know, there's a lot of folks that say coaching is only question asking. It's not. I didn't just ask questions. That was the primary tool that I used was inquiry, but it wasn't the only tool. Um, I recognized his body language. Actually, the major shift was a recognition of a somatic. It was his body language. And it was just subtle. It was so subtle, but it was there. Like he, he was very, there was two body language cues with Israel the entire time. The first one I chose not to recognize because he had a couple of powerful words that I didn't want to miss. Um, and it was when he did this. He was drawing a line in the sand and he wanted whatever was on the other side of that to stop. And I could have, what were you stopping? Um, so we could have gone there and got the same place. The other one was the very, very, very subtle smile. And that was the, that was the trigger. Yeah. So if you just recognize it in the moment, um, what's happening, and don't assign meaning. You know, the, the other thing that we're really good at going into coaching and working with folks is, I assume, you know, welcome to Assumptionville, where the leading cause of death is a suicide, right? <laughs> we do it. We do it really well. And... I could have assigned meaning to anything that he was saying. I'll give you an example. I was coaching, um, I was coaching a lady, and she was you know, going into a lot of her past and what had happened on her own. I wasn't inquiring about that. I don't really care about the past unless they bring it up. Um, it's not my focus. And um, I was asking her about her best self. What is your best self? And we had already kind of defined who her best self was in some of the previous sessions. And she had made this shift in the middle of the coaching session. And I, I said, well, what's your best self doing right now? What's, and she called her best self joy. I said, what's joy doing right now? And she starts crying. And I'm like, 
and immediately I started making an assumption. Oh, I just said something that devastated her. <laughs> like, good job, coach. Like, <laughs> great, you know. And, uh, and, and I'm very, there's, there's kind of a joke for anyone that knows me as a coach that um, I don't, I make people, I make every coaching client cry and, uh, and I don't give Kleenexes. I, I have Kleenexes in my office, but I don't offer them to clients. I let them grab their own because they're capable. They can get their own Kleenex. I don't have to hand it to them. I mean, I take that very seriously. When, it, when I believe a client's capable, resourceful, whole, I don't baby them. I don't, oh, you're going to be okay. I didn't do that with Israel. Oh, you're going to be okay. You're going to get through it. Just, just cry a little bit. No, no. We're going to work through this. We're transfer, right? Okay. So all the pastors who like to nurture and care for people, stop it. <laughs> they're capable. <laughs> So, um, so she was crying and I thought, well, I, you know, so I just put, the, I, I had the assumption, I recognized I was self, being self-aware, I had the assumption. I said, so I noticed the tears, what's happening? And she said, Joy is dancing. And I thought, oh, well, she's happy. She's just crying and these are tears of joy. I said, can you tell me about, you know, what's meaningful to you about that, that she's dancing? She said, when I was 14 years old, my mom died and my stepmom told me I was too fat and ugly to dance. And now I see that Joy can dance again. Like she was talking about literally dancing. Like she had been told since she was in her 30s and had been told since she was 14 she was fat and ugly and couldn't do anything. And now in just in one moment she had switched and the story that was lodged in her brain came out. She saw it. She changed the narrative. Now she's in counseling dealing with all of the past stuff. But, but that was the moment that helped her say, I need to see a counselor and deal with this past junk. Yeah. Yeah, yes, ma'am. How would it be normal because you have that therapeutic idea that you work with, too? Mm -hmm. How do you make sure that you don't go into that therapy? Yeah, so I'm not a therapist, um, and I don't have any background in therapy. Thank you, Jesus. Um, <laughs> if you do, that's great. You know, I have a whole team of people I work with that do that. But um, that's not my, you know, I stay out of the pastoral counseling. I stay in coach. And a lot of that comes with training. Right? So a lot of what we're talking about, knowing what hat to wear, how to stay in that hat, um, knowing the coaching role is what you're talking about. So in coach training, we call it embodied coaching. Um, so how do you embody the coaching role and you stay in that? That all comes with training and experience. Um, but those are things definitely to work on for sure. Other things you noticed, yeah. Exactly, and I, I want to get there. That's exactly where we're going. Did you have a quick question? I want to follow up. Yeah, yeah. The skill of staying quiet is not an easy one. How do you practice that? Skill of being quiet. That's a great one. Again, that comes with training and practice. Um, you have to be okay with the silence. Notice in the moment where I was silent, was anyone, did anyone feel awkward? For the second, yeah. It is a little awkward. You know, it's like, okay, is he, and, I, and my thought was, he, is he going to talk? You know, so you have that, but there's power in pressing the pause. So it's the Selah moment. It's that place of suspense. You know, David, in the Psalms, it's the place of suspense. You're just waiting. You're hanging in suspense into the Selah. And if you'll just hold that, if you can hold that as, if you can think in musically, if you can hold that for your client, they'll fall into it every time. I've never held a, a space like that 
it's sacred. We talk about it in coach training about the sacred space of silence. If you hold it and your presence is right, you can hold it. It's like an instrument. You can hold it just right, and every time they'll fall in. Every time. And they'll say exactly what they need to hear. And you, you didn't have to do a thing. You just have to be okay being silent. So how do you use this with your staff? Great question. And that's why you're here, right? So a um, couple of skills that are going to go a long way for you. One of, one of them is inquiry, right? So when you come in and you have your handouts, let me just make sure I go through and have shown you all these and answer. So you have this on your worksheet as well, so you can see the differences. I'm going to go to this slide first before I talk about inquiry. The first thing is listening that I want to address. So when we're dealing with working with your staff, when you're using the coaching skill, when we're talking about anything, uh, the power of coaches is listening. So we're, we talk about in coaching listening for the essence, listening for the core of the person. When Israel came in, he had a, he had a problem, right? When you're, when you're working with your staff, they have a problem. When you're working with people in the church. They have a problem. Whatever the problem is, they're bringing something to you. And it's really easy to be problem-focused. Right? You get focused in. His was the anxiety. We could have jumped right on in in the anxiety issues and tell me about your anxiety. And we really could have gotten really lost in that too. But unpacking the problem. We want to figure out the solution to the problem. And as pastors and church leaders, you want to dig into the problem. What caused the problem? How do you stop that from happening yet? Right? So let's go a little bit deeper. How much of the icebergs below the surface? 90%. So 90% of what the, who the person is, their dreams, their passion, their vision, their purpose, their identity, is all in this core under the iceberg. You can't see it because they're presenting you with their problem. All you see is the big problem, the big issue. And so how do you get from here to here? Well, that's the skill of inquiry. It's listening. It's the coaching skill that we've talked about. You want to go deeper into their core, deeper into who they are. This takes, again, how do you do this? This takes a lot of training. Um, ICF requires 100 hours for that first level of credential. There's a reason. You know, when you see that, you're like, man, 100 hours of coaching. There's a reason because it takes a lot of practice to tune in. When I work with coaches that are learning how to coach, um, this is a big. We spend a lot of time just how to switch from listening to the problem to listening for the essence. So when you're listening, someone comes in and they, they're having, what's a common church problem or a problem that you deal with with people? Anybody? As a pastor, something that you deal with on a regular? Resistance to change. Resi that's a great one. Man, coaching, by the way, coaching is a great tool for helping people through change. I'll just press pause on this for a second. We know that the change, the change process is the same for every person. It's just like a grieving process. And it actually follows the model of grief. So if you know that someone's going to go through a grieving process with any change, you can standardize that process and walk with them through it. Everybody's going to have their different expression of it. But as a coach, you can actually walk alongside, if you have that coaching skill, you can walk, walk alongside of someone in your congregation who's going through any kind of change and help them transition from resistance into acceptance and do it in a healthy way. So change is a great example. This coaching is, is a great space 
in, in that change space. So what, give me a particular change that people. Oh, that's a wonderful one. <laughs> From pews to chairs, okay. <laughs> so that's the problem, right? So they come in and they, they have a problem. Now, I don't know if many people want to actually be coached on this or if they just want to tell you what you need to do. But anyway, <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> right, that's another workshop. But, but let's just say that they want to work through this and they want to you know, work through whatever the problem is. So who are they? When they start talking to you, I've been here for 50 years, and we've had wooden pews, and these pews have my name on them. I've sat in this pew. My butt imprint is on this pew, right? You know, all those things. Are, am I allowed to say that? My, my, okay, I, you know, okay, thanks. So um, we've been there, right? You've had that. So, but who are they in that? When they're telling you those things, what's the essence of the person. I'm not being respected. <clears throat> okay, respect is part of the problem. But yes, you're dancing in the right area. You're getting there. So what are they telling you, though, about themselves? If I, I've been here for 50 years. Okay. Okay. Why is it part of them? It represents their dedication. <clears throat> Come on. Come on, tell me that again. It represents their dedication. They're dedicated. They've been there for 50 years. The disrespect, all of those things that they're feeling, that's all part of the problem. What they're telling you about themselves, though, is I've been here for 50 years. I've been here, I'm committed. I'm dedicated. I have a sense of ownership. I have a sense of ownership. Which what? That speaks volumes to pastors. If someone actually has ownership in their church, right? So that's all part of the essence. But we get focused on the problem, right? And all we see is the person griping in front of us and how much we want to punch them and tell them to get out of our office, right? It's true. Don't look so holy. You know it's true. <laughs> Great example. What else? Another, another example of a common problem that someone might bring to you. Infidelity. That's a great one. So... Um, so I, w I will, um, just as I commented with Israel, there are some things as a, as a coach you can only go so far with. So I, can't, I won't go into mental health because I'm not a mental health professional. I have great referrals um, that I can refer you to. I have a whole group of colleagues I can make the referral to. Um, infidelity is very similar. Um, I, can, I can coach certain aspects of um, restoration or healing or whatever that looks like. I can coach around some of the topics, but as far as dealing with the counseling aspect of the marriage counseling, that's a professional, someone that they're going to see someone for marriage counseling specifically. Um, if you have an expertise in that as a pastor, that's where I would say switch hats. Um, usually what I'll tell folks in, in my church or community, um, I do an, an initial right fit conversation just to feel them out, see if coaching is the right fit. It's about 15-minute conversation. And um, if that were to come up and I realize it's an infidelity situation, I would kind of find out what are they wanting from me uh, before I jump into that. And then I would know, do I need to wear the uh, pastoral counselor hat to deal with infidelity? Do I need to refer this to a mental health professional for counseling? Or is this um, a coaching and 
uh, counseling in tandem type situation, which is really powerful, works really well, by the way, for pastors to do coaching while you have someone in counseling with a counseling center. That's really powerful. Uh, I've had a number of clients do both simultaneously. And really what happens when they're working on their marriage um, in counseling, they bring whatever um, tool their counselor has given them, they bring that into the coaching. This is what's been given to me, and we work on ways for them to do that thing and what's maybe stopping them from doing that thing. Um, so that's a great one. Um, but dances, across that one can easily cross the line. I was coaching someone, and uh, the, it started off as a security. They wanted security, stability in their life. And we quickly, it was a female, quickly got into that her husband was not providing stability in the home. And it was going down a marriage counseling type conversation. And so I said, you know, I, I just want to acknowledge what you're telling me about your husband, your home, and the lack of stability there. That sounds like someone I would love to, you know, connect you with a counselor. That might be a great situation to bring into marriage counseling and not about coaching. We can continue to coach about stability and security, but the... Um, the marriage is probably something more along the line of counseling. And she said, actually, I am getting counseling for that, so thank you. So we stuck with the security, the stability, not the marriage. So there are, there are some lines there, some ethical lines with coaching that you don't want to cross. Um, another example. Procrastination. That's a great one. Yeah, procrastination, especially with staff, right? <laughs> We can do another coaching demo. <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> so procrastination is a great one. So when they're telling you about they're having an issue with procrastination, what are some of the things that they might tell you? I'm easily distracted. I don't have time. Not motivated. I'm sorry. Too busy. What else? Thank you. Forgot. Forgot. Okay. And when you know that person, you're listening to them, what, what might be some of the things under the surface about them? Their essence. Who are they? Their identity, they like their core, it. their values. I'm sorry? They, they don't like it. They don't like what? They don't like the procrastination themselves. Yeah. So they're, so they're recognizing that they need to make a change, right? So that says something about their character, their nature. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so they might be stuck in the problem themselves. There might be something deeper. Yeah. For sure. There might be, there might be something, uh, a fear or... Um, yeah, for sure, under the surface. Yeah, exactly. They might actually be a perfectionist, and they might be putting it off because they are, and they know they can't do a good job. Maybe, they're, maybe the assignment they've been given doesn't fall within their wheelhouse. It's not something that's within their gifts or their talent. Maybe they have a different talent or skill. Um, maybe they have a different motivational style. Maybe it's that they're not procrastinating in this. Maybe they just have a different motivational style than the environment in which they're in. Yeah, and they're just too busy or have other things and they don't know how to say no, take on things. Right, for sure. Yeah, so you, that information you have as a coach? 
It depends. Every time, like I had nothing about Israel. Um, I don't know. Good to meet you, Israel. <laughs> um, you know, so every situation is different. If, it, if it's someone that you're working with, with your staff, you're probably going to know more of that information. Um, I highly, you know, I'm all about assessments. I love assessments. Um, you know, anything you can do like that with your staff to kind of learn their communication style. I mean, even if it's just doing something as simple as love language, just so you understand how do they feel affirmed. You know, what's, what gener you know, motivational styles, all of those things are really insightful to have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's, there, so just know with any of your staff, anyone you're working with, try to tune in your ears to hear deeper. Try to go deeper than just the surface. Go below the waterline into their essence, their core, their identity, their values. Any questions about this? This takes practice. It takes time. Because if you notice, when, I, when we talked about topics, and I said, tell me what, about the essence, everybody kept bringing problems, things associated with the problem. We're really good at fixing problems. That's why you're a pastor, right? That's why you're leading church. Because you're good at that. The coaching role flips that and says that the person is capable, they're resourceful, they're whole. God is already at work in them, and I'm drawing out of them what are the possibilities. Now, <clears throat> let me say this about that. I love coaching, and I'm all for coaching, and I use coaching. I coach my staff, all of my staff get free coaching, and they do. Uh, I use the coaching uh, model when I lead staff meetings, when we set the vision for the year. It's all, everything I do, I use coaching. I mean, I integrate it, it's part of who I am, and it's super effective. Um, but not in every situation is coaching gonna be applicable, okay? Can someone tell me maybe a situation where coaching's not applicable? We've heard one about infidelity. What else? What, when else might coaching not be applicable? Well, you're talking about mental health issues. Yeah. Yeah, so when you're dealing with mental health, coaching's not applicable, right? You're going to make the referral. Yeah, what else? They just see no traction. Like, they just keep, just yeah, they keep spinning around the same mountain. They keep asking the same questions and nothing is done. Yeah, so there, there's lack of commitment outside of the coaching to engage and to learn. They're not following through on commitments. Um, there's something blocking them. That's a great indicator. Yeah. Yeah. There could be something deeper for sure, and and sometimes that can be a coaching that could be a coach skill level situation. Sometimes coaches aren't skilled enough to really pull that out of people, um, but but also going around the mountain is a great indicator that something deeper is going on. Yeah. What else might be a good uh, example of not a coaching situation? Addiction, yes, yeah, yeah. Another, just throw this out there, another probably not coaching is a new believer. You're probably not um, going to coach a new believer on spiritual principles. They don't know. You're going to try to coach them on things they have no idea about. So um, think about coaching if you're thinking on an ask, ask tell spectrum, if you're asking on one end is coaching, telling's on the other end, the, the new believer's probably going to be more on the telling side, whereas people who are, who are more mature, not necessarily older, but more mature in faith, are going to fall into more coaching, maybe even mentoring, 
one of the things that I, I teach in coach training is actually a discipleship model that includes mentoring, coaching, and pastoral care. So that there's a blend in all of it. It's not just one element. Um, we need all of that. But you're in a coaching workshop today, so I'm going to talk about coaching. But um, it is true. Not every situation is going to need coaching. Some things you need to tell. Performance-related issues with staff, you're going to tell them. If they're not doing their job, you're going to tell them. Um, a great model for that, if you ever find yourself having to... If you ever find yourself having to tell your staff there's a performance issue, a safety issue, this is a direct feedback model. You're giving feedback to your staff. Uh, the first is situation. So you're going to tell them the situation. Um, Sarah, you were supposed to have typed the, the board meeting blah, 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 minutes. <laughs> Those things, you were supposed to have typed the board meeting minutes for Thursday's board meeting. And uh, you did not uh, type those minutes. Next is behavior. So what did they do? So um, as a result, um, you did not get those minutes typed and forwarded to me. So our board meeting was affected. So behavior. So situations, she was supposed to have the board meeting minutes typed by such and such daytime. She didn't get it done. She whatever got distracted, didn't do her job, whatever the behavior there. Impact. So this, by the way, neuroscience tells us that um, corrective criticism or positive criticism or, you know, however you want to spin it, you know, let me tell you how good you are and then I'm going to tell you how bad you are and then I'm going to tell you how good you are again. That sandwich, you know, that everybody tries to pull out of, Revelation that's not really there, but that's what everybody tries to. Anyway, um, that's, that doesn't work. Neurologically, it doesn't work. The brain still interprets it as criticism and turns off. So this impact, people understand, the brain understands impact. So when you're explaining to people, you don't beat them up, you're horrible, I can't believe you didn't do that, you dropped the ball. Less time here, more time here, impact. What was the impact that you didn't do that? Because, Sarah, you didn't get the board meeting minutes typed, our board wasn't able to conduct business as we should have. And uh, now I have to go back to all the board. We have to reschedule the board meeting. And being able to describe the impact is of greater significance. The brain interprets that different. And then this, second I, SBI2, SBI squared, inquiry. So situation, behavior, impact, inquiry. So that's where you're going to use the coaching method. That's where you're going to use the coaching skill and jump in and ask questions. That is not in my notes, so if you need that, you can take that. Any questions on that? So that's a feedback model. Reflective inquiry, so using questions. I'll highlight this real quickly. We're supposed to wrap up at 2.30, right? Is that my time frame? Okay. Um, so four minutes. So inquiry, there's three different types of inquiry. One, reflective. This is probably where you're going to spend most of your time as pastors working with your staff. You're going to observe what they've told you, said, behaved, make an observation, ask a question about it. Israel, I saw that you had a smile. What did that mean? 
you said this. Some of the things that he even said, I started to even ask about, and he, st he started talking without me even having to ask a question, right? So this is uh, making an observation. I heard you say this, you did this, and ask a powerful question about it. Everybody always wants to know where the questions come from when you're coaching. The client, they give it to you. Is anyone actively engaged in coaching in the room? And have you gone through coach training? Who have you gone through? We get through um, university, professional university. Okay, great. Oh, awesome. Okay, different, but okay. Tim, co-active. Okay, great. Great model. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We talked on the phone. Okay. <laughs> Connecting the dots. Yeah, UTD has a great program. Um, so, so you, this is very familiar to you. You're gonna. This all sounds very familiar. So, reflective inquiry. You're reflecting back, making observations, and asking about it. Progressive. So, this is switching questions. So, they're gonna tell you a whole bunch of problems. They're going to tell you the problems. You want it to get them future focused. So you're switching. So how else can you view this? What's another way to look at that? I encourage everybody to have a default switching question. Because all of us get stuck in the mud somewhere. And so when you get that negative perspective, what question are you going to ask yourself to switch out of that? How else can I view this? And the perspective is future. What are the possibilities? What can you see? So different kinds of inquiry. All of this is very high level. To really dive into any of this takes a whole lot more than an hour. Even just to dive into reflective inquiry. We can spend two hours just on reflective inquiry. I mean, just these skills alone. But this, beginning to understand this, get an idea of what coaching is. And really, that was my goal for today is for you to walk out with kind of an idea of what coaching is. How you can see the possibilities of how this can work with your staff and then really start getting trained. The next step I would encourage all of you to do is start training and coaching, even if it's soft skills, even if it's a couple day soft skill training, because if you have to, how you show up, I'm gonna leave you with this challenge. How you show up as pastor has to change. Don't throw anything at me. And that's a challenging statement. The last time that I did a coach training, I had a lady who was, she was pastor's wife, and she told me after day one, she said, I'm never, I'm not ever coming back to this. I can't do this. She said, I am the fixer. I fix the problems in our church, and I cannot do this. It's entrenched in us to fix. But do we believe that God has created people capable? Then you can make the change. You can use this. It's awesome. Any questions? So they're going to refer you to me, okay. most likely. Um, so yes. <laughs> yep, and I'm also on that. So so Doug, uh, Doug and Donna, we're actually re-looking at AG coaching. Um, so Doug's asked me to take a look at AG coaching for what a preferred future would look like. So we're redesigning AG Coaching right now, too. So what would you say your top one or two resources would be for someone who wants to grow? Absolutely. First book I would get by Marsha Reynolds. 
is Discomfort Zone. <laughs> Discomfort Zone by Marsha Reynolds. Marsha Reynolds is my mentor. Um, I highly recommend anything by her. Um, she is in the coaching world, one of the gurus. She's amazing. Uh, she also has a book called Coach the Person, Not the Problem. So that's another great resource. Um, Coach the Person, Not the Problem, and then Discomfort Zone.